Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Alright, good day and welcome all listeners to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast. Um, Arjun, welcome back. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, glad to be back yeah. for episode 5. Alright, today we invite back our guest from episode number 4, Uday. Uday, welcome back again. Hi, thanks for having me back again. Um, hopefully this time will be much better moving forward. And yeah, let's see what we can do right now. Alright, let's not forget this episode is made possible by the sponsorship of Starstruck Bakery and Misuboy SG. Alright, today's topic that we'll discuss, we'll be discussing today, we'll be talking about Manchester United, the present, uh, the t- present team, the prediction for the future, what, what do the, the 2MU fans that we have today think about the team, where to improve, where will they end up at the end of the season today. Alright, without further ado, let's start today's uh, session, or today's episode. Alright, first of all, um, Uday. Uh, what do you yeah. think about MU's this season? Do they think? Do you think that they really could mount a serious title challenge? I mean, this season has been very unpredictable. You have had um, scores where Manchester United lost to Spurs six one, and then drawing against Man City zero zero, and then Manchester United beating Aston Villa two one recently. Uh, Manchester United, um, if I'm not mistaken, they also beat Leicester. As well, I can't remember the match. What was the score? Uh, they match with Esther, two, two. They drew with Esther, and um, even with all of those scores right now, we are still sitting in the top four. So I know I've been just given really bad scores, but we're still in the top four as well, and um, it's just been great moving forward. I think our away form has been very interesting this season as well. But I think with regards to the away form, better than being at the home form. I think that's one of the reasons why we can. Um, move to the title challenge this season compared to next season. Um, we can definitely win this season compared to previous seasons as well. So yeah, that's why. And All right, Arjun, I you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, No, no. I mean, let's 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 listen to Arjun first and everything, and then I there are other points moving forward. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think one thing to definitely improve if we were to uh, mount a sustained uh, title challenge is to improve the defense. Uh, I think we have let in a lot of uh, silly goals, let's say, or defensive mistakes. Despite the fact that we have only let in three more goals defensively than Liverpool, Leicester. Uh, but that goes without saying because uh, Liverpool's defense, defensive record have been worse this season compared to last season. So that's not a good uh, reference. Uh, with regards to goal scoring, MU have scored 33 goals, which is the second highest in the uh, division after Liverpool which means it is a massive improvement from last season, which is what enabled MU to be in second place as of now. So I think if we can weed out the defensive mistakes, uh, for example, Eric Bailly looks like a fantastic partner for Harry Maguire, uh, just because he can bail out Harry Maguire with his pace and he provides a different uh, dimension, a different type of centre-back. One common criticism of the Lindelof-Maguire uh, combination is that they are too similar. And so they make similar mistakes. 
they get caught out because they're slow. So with Eric Bailly partnering Harry Maguire, I think uh, we can see a much better or more improved Manchester United team. And I definitely hope Eric Bailly gets a extended run in the team. It's interesting to see Bailly coming back to the team because I remember last season he didn't really play much and was on the brink of leaving the team, am I right? Yes, that's true. Uh, that's also because he's been so inconsistent uh, last season because of injuries. And he has finally looked to be somewhere near nearing 100% fitness. And this is the form we saw Eric Bailly under Jose Mourinho, which is what excited MU fans at the time. So what do you think about that, Jose? Um, I feel like Eric Bailly as a player right now, if you were to compare with the other um, clubs that are in and around us, especially Man City and Liverpool, he's definitely not as good as Virgil van Dijk and um, Ruben Diaz right now and even John Stones. So, I don't know how we can be reliant on Eric Bailly. So of course, his stats, with his block, block stats and looking, making Manchester look much better in their defence. Yeah. But compared to these teams around them, which we clearly were trying to beat them, I don't think he's good enough. And um, again, I'm being a bit too harsh on him because um, if, let's say, he's very inconsistent, he's injury prone, again, he's again another injury away for Manchester United to being really bad in defence again and being over-reliant on one defender may be really bad. If you want to win a league or a season, you have to have two solid defenders. Like right now, for when Liverpool won last season, they had Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk. And if, let's say, Joe Gomez was injured, they had um, Dejan Lovren and somebody else. Was it Matip, I think, Matip, who was also yeah. playing? So they had like four... Occasionally for Fabinho as well. Fabinho as well. So they had four to five centre-backs. Manchester right now, if you were just to play the first team, we have Harry Maguire, Eric Bailly, Victor Lindelof looks way below their par. And then after that, who do we have? Basically no one, as, as, as far as I can recall. No one at up to the mark of the standards. This season, Man City has Nathan Ake, Ruben Diaz, John Stones, and we've all forgotten the man Laporte. who was the moment two seasons ago, Emerick Laporte. Yes, Emerick Laporte is right now not being used by Man City. Can you imagine a defender who was great two seasons ago has just been dropped by a manager because of the other players? Yeah? So, yeah, I don't think Eric Bayer is better than all of them with regards to moving forward. Of course, he's a great Manchester player. But better than them, I don't think so. That's my views with regards to Bay. Uh yeah, I yeah. agree. I think Eric Bailly is not a long-term solution. I just think out of all the players and the club that we have, Eric Bailly seems to be the best partner for Harry Maguire, just because he can cover the mistakes. Yes, the yeah. de- defensive yeah. pairing is still probably the worst among yeah. uh, Liverpool, Manchester City, um, or even comparing Leicester City, I would say. Um, Fofana looks fantastic yep. alongside Evans, Johnny Evans. So, yeah. Yep. But as a quick fix, I think Eric Bailly would work alongside Maguire, provided he, he doesn't get injured. Yeah, provided. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. An interesting question about Forgotten Man. Though. Where is Phil Jones? Uh? Anybody know? Phil Jones? Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. Can I just can you tell? I remember he was in Manchester. Right? I think he still is in Manchester, right? I heard there's a rumours of him leaving, but I don't know where he is right now. To be honest, yes, he is a forgotten man. I've not thought about <laughs> Jones in a long, long time. Also, he's still in the team. La. I think he's still in uh, MU, I'm right? I'm pretty sure he's still at Manchester United. He hasn't left, 
but yeah. uh, I think he has also been struggling with injuries, uh, and obviously he's way uh, below down in the pecking order. He's probably uh, if you go down yeah. the pecking order of centre backs, probably Harry Maguire. Uh, I'm not sure Lindelof, maybe then Bayi, then probably Tuanzebe, um, and then I think um, I don't. Uh, I don't know who else we have, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <the whole laughs> uh, Marcus Rojo is almost leaving as well. So I think yeah, we only have four centre backs left. Exactly. I think Steven, you brought up a great point right now. Just for like, I don't know whether this is for laughs or whatever you brought that point up in regards to Phil Jones. But look, Phil Jones is Manchester United's forgotten fan. Manchester City is Emmerich Laporte. Just let me reiterate that. You know. The French centre-back playing Emeric Laporte. You know, two seasons ago, he was regarded as one of the best defenders Man City has won. Right now, he's like, Phil Jones? <laughs> Man United's worst defender right now. Yeah, so, because I was I was thinking back. So I, I know Chris Smalling went to Roma. Yeah. Then I was like, eh, then where is Yeah, Phil I think Jones? that was a mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to be honest, yeah, I think, but to be honest, I think Chris Smalling would have yeah, made a more than decent backup. Uh, it's just that yeah. he probably wanted more first-team football, which United wouldn't have given him. Yeah, especially can with Harry Mensa like can also play uh, centre-back, right? Yeah, he can. He can. Uh, yeah. He can, but from what I've seen of him playing, I don't think he's up to the standard of a Manchester United player. He's probably a squad player level where he can fill in when needed, but def- definitely not anywhere near the starting eleven. If all, all players right, are all right. Yeah. I would like to throw in another defensive question for Uday though. Uh, David De Gea or Dean Henderson? Um, right now, regards to yeah. form, I feel like David De Gea just uh, nicks uh, Dean Henderson right now with regards to form. Um, David De Gea has looked a bit um, off with regards to the last two to three seasons. Especially, I feel like he's been on and off, especially since the, not the last World Cup. Is it the last World Cup? I think the last World Cup has been on and off. Yeah. So it's been a couple of years already. Um, I don't know. I say just with regards to form right now, um David yeah, but it's great. You know, I feel like it's great that we actually have two um playing uh safe stopping goalkeepers, which is what MU needs because of our defense <laughs> defenders being really bad. So having these two goalkeepers right now is great. Um it's such a I think you have three. I think you yeah, have three. Yeah, we have three, but I think the other guy left, was it? I think the Romero? South American. No, Romero, no, has Romero. Left Romero has not left yet. He's close to leaving, but he hasn't left not yet. Left yet. Okay, yeah. But it's great to have all these three players. Romero is so um a very interesting. Yeah, I, I remember when Romero stand in, uh, the result the MU result is very good. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For keepers, we are yeah really in the last good. episode we also talked about uh Sheffield United, why they did they didn't play as well as last season. I think one of the factors is also was also that Dean Henderson was their goalkeeper last season where he made a lot of save. La. Yeah, he did. He did. Dean Anderson was definitely vital. Jack O'Connell, even um, not extending their center midfielders uh, contract, John Lundstrom, the GOAT of Sheffield United. I don't know whether anyone remembers John Lundstrom from last season. Yes, definitely. He was like a great player. And I think he lost form because of COVID. I think when the whole shutdown happened, Lundstrom is like a form kind of player. He consistently plays and everything. Of course, even before COVID, he was not doing very well, but he was still up there with regards to creating chances and scoring goals as well. So, I think once COVID hit um, and the fans weren't there, Sheffield United, the goalkeeper, they're just back. Yeah. A couple of reasons why they're not doing so well. It was because of all this 
all these uh, factors moving forward. All right. Okay. Um. Let Let's Let's move on to midfield. I have an interesting question to ask. Uh, Uday, what do you think about Paul Pogba? Uh, do you would you like to keep him or you just sell him? Me personally, I would sell him. He has not been um very consistent. If you are supposed to be a Manchester United centre midfielder or centre attacking midfielder, you should be as consistent as players like Kevin De Bruyne, as players like even uh, Mo Salah. But of course, Mo Salah is a different um area of the pitch or the left wing or the I just think maybe he should be as good as Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandes and he's not been doing that. Of course he's been playing as a reserve role and he shouldn't and he's not his preferred position being as a centre midfielder. But even putting him up top as a centre attacking midfielder, who would you replace right now? Bruno Fernandes who is on fire and I think bringing Bruno Fernandes into the picture might be one of the reasons why Manchester United might win. Guy is just brilliant. I mean have you looked at the stats with regards to him? He has like contributed almost more goals and assists compared to the number of games he's played. It's 17 goals versus 15 games played. Am I right? Uh, I'm not too sure about that. Around yeah, there, I remember, I around there. yeah, I remember the goal per appearance. Uh, no, goal involvement per appearance is more than one. Yeah, yeah more than one. Um, the overall since he started from January has been 30 goals in 27 Premier League games. So that is crazy. And we have all been, especially this season, um, especially with the penalty um, debate that's happening right now, he's not scored a lot of penalties. You know, he's just only scored five. Um, so I don't know. We can't seem to call him Penalo Fernandez right now. I think he's really brilliant, creating chances, scoring chances. I remember the game against Southampton where it was him and Edison Cavani who single-handedly dragged Manchester United out. Even the game against West Ham, Manchester United were really bad up to until he I think he was rested for at least half the game. And once he came on, Manchester United just clicked through the gears. Um, even bringing Paul Pogba into the picture, Paul Bruno Fernandez plays even worse with Paul Pogba there. Um, I had a look at the stats. I don't want to say anything wrong, but I had a look at the stats, and the stats indicated that Bruno Fernandez definitely plays um slightly uh below average whenever Paul Pogba is on the pitch. So and with regards to packing order for centre defensive midfielder, right now, I feel like uh, Scott McTominay, Fred looks really solid um, protecting Manchester United backline. And um, another forgotten man for Manchester United is Donny van der Beek. But I think there will be another question for it on. So, to answer your question, I know it's been very lengthy. and I've gone a big loop to sell Pogba because he's not helping Manchester United attack or defence right now. So, yeah. Arjun, your views? Um, so, before I answer whether it's to keep him or sell him, I think Pogba falls into the category of a luxury player, where uh, if your team is playing well, he improves your team, but he's not the man to drag your team uh, when your team is playing badly. During Sir Alex Ferguson's time, uh, we had many players who could drag the team when they're not playing well, like Cristiano Ronaldo, Berbatov, Wayne Rooney, even Carlos Neves for a season plus. Uh, Pogba is definitely not anywhere near that kind of category. He's, def- he's a luxury player, I would say similar to Ozil, where when the team is playing well, he improves the team. Um, this is also why uh, in Juventus, when he ha- had two other midfielders who had much more responsibility than him, he thrived because he could roam wherever he wanted. He could just add to the game. But whereas when, especially under Mourinho, when he was set up in a 4-2-3-1 alongside Matic, 
uh, he had responsibility to protect the back four as well as being a box-to-box midfielder and he couldn't uh, play well there. This uh, reminded me of uh, Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard playing for England as a midfield too, which was a very unsuitable pairing since uh, they are not in the same mold of Paul Pogba, but they are both uh, midfielders who like to go forward and I don't think they were suitable as a pairing. Similarly, where McTom and Fred are playing, then Pogba in a midfield three works, as long as Bruno Fernandes is further advanced. As we saw in the several matches where uh, Ole used Diamond, with Fred, McTom, Pogba and Bruno in a midfield four, that's the only formation that seemed to have suited Pogba so far from his time at United. So I think we should sell him because uh, I don't think a club can afford to have such a top luxury player uh, who just improves the team when they're playing well and offers nothing when the team is playing badly. We need more players who is able, are able to drag the team through the bad times and grind out results and that's how you win titles. So I think uh, we should sell him uh, and use the money to improve other areas of the squad. All right, thank you, Arjun and Uday, for your views. Uh, another question about another player that Uday just mentioned, Donny van der Beek. Lah. I think he's under uh, under the spotlight uh, since he's transferred to MU. Of course, being a big money signing, uh, fans would expect him to play more in the games this season and not only just be an impact sub to the uh, MU games this season. But uh, looking back, I think, uh, Uday, do you think that this is a what you call a statement signing by MU uh, back then because of the, the failed pursuit, pursuit of uh, Jadon Sancho. I, because I remember the, 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 the signing was uh, announced quite hastily of Van der Beek's signing. What do you think MU should do with, with, with Donny Van der Beek? Yeah, okay. So I think um, it's a great question that you brought right now. To me, at least, the statement signing would be somebody like, <laughs> I'm bringing up Bruno Fernandes again, even Ruben Diaz, who has an impact to your team. Even somebody like Cavani is Manchester United statement signing. Of course, when Manchester United bought Cavani, all of us, especially me as well, had a bit of doubt like a 34-year-old um, striker who has not played one whole year being signed by Manchester United even after the whole Gajan Sancho fiasco, which could have been avoided in general if Manchester United just agreed to pay their fee. But um, Ed Woodward seems to think that he's the best negotiator in the world after reading Donald Trump's art of negotiation skills. So, yeah. Um, I don't think he's been a statement signing. I don't know what is wrong in Manchester United right now where he's not playing. I feel like it was so rushed by him and I feel like Ole is telling Ed Woodward that you bought the wrong player and that's why I'm not going to play him right now. Again, this is a guess that what's happening right now and that's why he's not been playing. Of course, with the season being very uh, short this season, having a great squad in depth, which is another reason why I feel like Manchester United, again, might be challenging. is because of our squad depth. We have um, up top, we have Cavani, we have uh, Martial, Rashford. Uh, we even have Greenwood, um, another forgotten man by Manchester United, who's not great. I'm just going to bring another Lingard as well is up there. We have Mata. We have not seen a lot. And um, our left backs, we have Luke Shaw, we have Alex Telles, Aaron Wan-Bissaka and right back. Our midfield is Scott McTominay, Fred. This squad in depth is good moving forward, but I don't know where Van der Beek fits in Manchester right now. When he was playing back then in AX, 
Apparently, he used to be a number six, which was a center defensive midfielder. Which right now, with regards to form, maybe Scott McTominay and Fred are doing better. Are they, both by day, I meant Scott McTominay and Fred, uh, title-challenging center defensive midfielders? I doubt it. But they're doing really well right now. So I can't say anything with them. So maybe that's why there's no space for Johnny Van Der Beek. Um, Bruno Fernandes is playing as a center attacking midfielder. I don't know why is it below Paul Pogba at certain times Van Der Beek in packing order. But that's what uh, my thoughts are. It's not a statement signing. It's a signing made by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Reluctantly, of course, um, to tell Ed Woodward that, look, I'm not going to play him because um, he was not what we wanted last season. And that's why this is happening right now. Yeah, thanks, Ude. Uh, so, Arjun, what do you think? Do you think that the fans should give uh, Donny van der Beek more time? Like how uh, Jürgen Klopp, you know, when Andy Robertson just joined and Fabinho just joined, they, he slowly eased them into the team and now they have been a very integral part of the Liverpool team. Or do you think it is like what Ude say, it was a wrong signing for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Yeah, so I do think van der Beek is someone uh, who United did scout, but it, he wasn't a signing that they expected to make uh, this season. It was just that, like you said, uh, probably because of the failed Jadon Sancho transfer, and they saw that Vendor was on the market and Real Madrid wasn't moving fast enough. So they saw their opportunity and swooped in. It's not like they really needed him. Having said that, uh, I am a big fan of him. And we did, we have seen the successful McDominion Fred uh, defensive pairing, center defensive midfield pairing. But every big team that you see plays with one defensive midfielder and not two. United require the two defensive midfielders because of our defensive shortcomings. So I do think eventually um, Van der Beek would be a good uh, stand-in for McDominay or even in the starting eleven as well. Because I think Fred is probably too important to take out of the team. But I do think Van der Beek can pair with Fred and with Bruno up top. Uh, where Fred is sitting in front of the defensive midfielders, when the big slightly ahead of him and Bruno even further ahead of him. I do think this is something that could work and I've only seen it in, I think, one match this season. These three centre midfielders played together and uh, it was quite exciting. I can't remember which match it was. Uh, but yeah, Scott McDominay, again, I don't, I, I highly doubt he's a bit, I, I am a big fan of him, but I don't think he's a title-winning centre midfielder quality. He's someone like Darren Fletcher, where he should go in and out of the team as a squad player. He's not a Scholes or a Carrick who should be starting in and out. So I do think Van Der Beek eventually can be in that position where he's starting in and out alongside Fred with Bruno up top. Again, I don't see a space for Pogba in this starting level. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, I don't think Van Der Beek will be able to displace Bruno Fernandes and he would not be happy on, with a place on the bench with a view to uh, back up Bruno Fernandes in the number 10 position. So I think his future lies in the number six position alongside Fred. Mm, yeah, so, so what you're saying is if MU can improve their back four and their goalkeeper situation or their defensive capability, they can afford not to play two central defensive midfielder. Uh, and, yes, And definitely. bring in Donny van der Beek. Yeah. Because uh, I've also seen Donny van der Beek's um, interceptions and tackling ability and it's pretty good as well. He does not have the robust nature of McDominay, but he has... Uh, shown that he is able to make good interceptions. I think it was in the Champions League match, if I'm not mistaken, it was against Leipzig, where we won 5-0, the home match. I think he played in a six, 
I'm not, I can't be sure. I need to verify this fact. But th there was one of the Champions League matches where he played as a six and he made a lot of tackles and interceptions as well. So I think he can be the sort of box-to-box -box midfielder that uh, can sit alongside Fred. Yeah, so it will be similar like how, how Liverpool played last season where they have Van Dijk and Alisson at the back line. So it's secured. Then we have Fabinho sitting. Then we have um, Henderson and Wijnaldum supporting the attack. Something like that. Lah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, all right. All right, thank you. Um, uh, moving on to another point, which is the man of the moment, Bruno Fernandes. Uh, also now is the January transfer window. Who would you sign as Bruno Fernandes' replacement or substitute, I would say? Would they? Um, Arjun, you want to go ahead first? Um, to be honest, not many players are coming to mind who are good enough to stand in for him, but yet are happy to sit on the bench. Uh, one possible alternative, I have not seen him play, but I heard good reviews about him, is Bruno Fernandes' replacement in Sporting Lisbon. Uh, it would... His name is Pedro Gonçalves, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He does seem like a player similar to Bruno Fernandes. Uh, and he is doing well in Sporting Lisbon as well. And he seen, being a young player, I think he would be fine to sit on the bench and stand in for Bruno Fernandes. So he's one that comes to mind. Uh, I don't have any other player that comes to mind for that purpose so far. James, uh, James Ward-Prowse, is he an attacking midfielder? I think James Ward-Prowse is a more uh, pure centre midfielder. I don't think he's good enough as an attacking midfielder. He's good inside pieces and he provides a lot of energy. Uh, he's similar to Jordan Henderson, I would say, having seen him play. So I don't think he's an attacking midfielder in the sense. Maybe James Madison, but again, I don't think he would be happy to sit on the bench since he's already in the starting lineup at Leicester, who are in, currently in the top four in the Premier League. Yeah, true. You, you, need find, you, you need to find somebody who is in the bottom half who is happy to sit on the bench at Manchester United. Yes, exactly. I think. Yeah. Uday, your views? Um, I, I don't know who's uh, going to be interested to sit on the bench, especially in the bottom half right now. Um, especially if it feels like Arsenal in the bottom half. So I don't know what do you think moving forward. But um, the good question you brought up. I don't think Manchester United needs a Bruno replacement. Of course, Bruno is tired. What I think Manchester United needs, especially what was brought up earlier, is um, strength in depth, uh, especially in the defense. Right now, uh, we don't need to have like so many center attacking midfielders. I feel like it was once, I don't know which team it was, they had like seven or eight center attacking midfielders and they didn't really do really well. But it might have been Manchester United as well. So, I don't think we need more um, midfielders. I think that um, right now, we should focus on um, improving our defence. Um, Luke Shaw cannot be playing every week. Um, even Eric Bailly is injury-prone. Getting a new defender might be more important. Even having a replacement right-winger right now. I don't think we have a right-winger, per se. Um, I think Mata plays in here and there, and then we keep on changing, and Martial plays and all this stuff. So, I don't know about that. But if you want another player, at the start of the at the start of the yeah. season or the end of the last season, Mason Greenwood was occupying that right wing position very well. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was. He was. But again, he's nineteen years old or eighteen years old. We, we shouldn't be expecting like an eighteen year old to be carrying a team like Manchester United um to the title as well. Of course, there have been exceptionals like Cristiano Ronaldo and everything. But 
Um, I don't think this this should be the place. Even Riyad Mahrez though, is pretty. No, I think Riyad Mahrez was quite old when he brought Leicester up. So I think yeah, only Ronaldo is the only person that I as a winger, as a really young winger who helped the team go move forward. Um, so I don't think we should be. And also, Daniel James looked kind of fade fade off after last season. Yes. Daniel James is a very interesting signing, which I don't know what's happened as well. It's another whole... Uh, this is not a Van der Beek situation. He started off really well, and then I think injuries happened, and I think right now the system may not be as suitable for Daniel James. Um, but yeah, Daniel James is another one of those players that's quite in-depth. If you want to change the formation, maybe getting somebody like Jack Grealish. I think we brought it up earlier in the last podcast. Jack Grealish, who has created 22 chances in, the, in his... More than 22 chances, actually. I think 26, 27 in the last four game weeks. It's just slightly less than Harry Kane. Um, so, uh, someone like Jack Grealish, maybe as a left winger, might be someone that Manchester United might be uh, focusing on. Or as a right winger as well. I think he's very versatile moving left and right. So, no Bruno replacement. Uh, focusing on improving other areas is my answer. All right. Yeah, I Thank think you. the squad of that, squad in depth is a, a good point to make. Uh, where I think the next step for Ole uh, in order to emulate Ferguson is to uh, get players who are happy to sit on the bench, not necessarily individually uh, very talented, but as a team who are able to play very well. For example, um, we had Tom Cleverley, we had uh, Darren Fletcher sitting on the bench, we had Wes Brown sitting on the bench, we had John O'Shea sitting on the bench, who are individually not very talented players, but con- did more than their fair share when they came in. So I think that's the next challenge for Ole, to find players like that who are very happy to play for United, uh, able to contribute when it's required, but yet uh, are bench players for the most part. Find the Sergio Romero for MU, for all yes, positions. in all positions. Yes, yes. exactly. In all positions, exactly. All right. We have come to the end of this podcast. Well, uh, once again, Thank you, Uday, for making a guest appearance in today's episode. Cheers. Thanks for having right. me on board. Uh, no problem, no problem. We, we enjoyed it. All right, fellow listeners, if you have any comments about today's episode, please do DM us on our Instagram. That is at Ruven Arjun at R-V-A-N-A-R-J-U-N and at Stephen underscore rock underscore on. That is at S-T-E-P-H-E-N underscore R-O-C-K underscore on. And once again, this podcast is brought to you by at starstruck.bakery and at isuboy.sg. Thank you for your continuous support. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.